Thanks, Scott. It's an interesting statement that he is still faithful, no matter how tough today might seem, no matter how difficult it is, wherever you're seated right now. And I know there are people literally sitting on couches and in kitchen tables all over the world, gathering together, not only with our church, but churches literally from the far reaches of the globe, worshiping in ways we've never worshiped before, really, doing something that is different, something that is strange. I know it's strange for me. I'm sitting in a room with 5,000, 6,000 seats, and I'm preaching to my family uh, sitting on the front row. And I know that can seem odd, it can seem strange, but to recognize and to remember, God is faithful. And no matter how difficult it might seem in the moment, God has a better plan. God has a greater tomorrow. God has a hope that when we think there's nothing yet ahead, God will always show up and show us so much more. Now today, we're going to get into God's Word in a moment. But before we do that, I I want to encourage you to speak specifically to the issue that we're facing right now. Because I know that there are some people sitting out here, and again, I'm speaking right now specifically to Central Virginia. Because I know there are some people out here that are watching this program right now that perhaps you're 80 years old and older. You're sitting there in your home and you're wondering how you're going to get groceries. You're wondering how you're going to pick up medicine. You're wondering uh, all of those kinds of things that many people take for granted. But for you, it's a very real need and a very real concern. And so I want to encourage you that just get a pen and write down an email and a phone number that I'm going to give you right now. Because if you have a need, if you have a situation where you need help, where you need someone to pick up some groceries or pick up the medicine or, or maybe just someone to pray with and to talk to, I want you to email me at help at trbc.org. That address is on the screen and it'll remain there for a few moments. Or you could call the church at 434-239-9281 and let us know if you need some assistance. Let us know if you need some help. Let us know if you need someone to, to pick up something for you, to bring it to your home to bless you, to encourage you, to help you during this time. Because the church today, whether we meet in a room or whether we meet in our homes, regardless of what that looks like, we want to make sure that we are there for you. And so again, if you're 80 years old or older in Central Virginia and you need help, if you need assistance, I encourage you to email or to call to let us know. And our team will absolutely do all that we can to continue to minister to you. Now, obviously, uh, the church continues to be the church. We continue to reach. We continue to impact people, not only right here in Central Virginia, but people around the world with the gospel. And so I want to encourage you to remain faithful in the giving to your local church and whatever church that might be, to continue to be faithful for the reasons that I've just shared with you. The church doesn't stop. The church doesn't take a break. We don't stop ministering, reaching, helping feeding, taking care of those who who desperately need help. And so I encourage you to continue to be faithful in blessing God by giving back to Him a portion of what He has blessed you with. Now here at Thomas Road, obviously, we, we miss the opportunity of gathering together. We miss that special time of community, but we have taken the opportunity to use what the world has created in technology to continue that level of community. And so I encourage you, if you're part of our church, or maybe you're not part of a church at all, but but would like to connect with some people right now during this time of isolation, that we've created a community page 
uh, on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash groups slash Thomas Road. And there you will find an opportunity to connect with thousands of people. Uh, starting tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., we will begin uh, every morning at 9 o'clock. We will be loading brand new devotionals that our team is filming. And uh, we're having the opportunity of doing some live video devotionals every morning at 9 o'clock. And then they will replay again throughout the day. It's an opportunity for us to continue to gather together, even virtually, and doing what God commanded us to do, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And so I encourage you, go to that Facebook page, facebook.com slash groups slash Thomas Road, and let's connect together as a local church, continuing to be all that God intends for us to be. Now let's pray together before we open God's Word. Heavenly Father, today we thank you that even in the midst of uncertainty and even in the midst of, can be fear, God, that you're still in control. That no matter how dark the days may seem and no matter how uncertain we might be of what tomorrow holds, God, the one thing that we know is that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. That there is no changing with you, God. That you are a constant in our lives. And so I pray that today as we open your word, Lord, help us to lean on your word, to lean on that promise that we have, that that knowledge that we have, God, that you are always there that you have promised thousands of years ago and you still promise today to never leave, to never forsake us. And so God, I pray that you would be with us every moment of every day. Speak to us during these times. Lord, as we spend time studying God's word, reading together, uh, God, I pray that you would allow us to uh, learn from your word, to grow in our faith. And God, right now, as we open your word, I pray that for the tens of thousands of people, who are gathering right now, uh, Lord, in this service, even though they're doing so in so many different places, the millions of people around the world who are together today worshiping online with their local churches, God, I pray that you would speak through your word. And God, I pray that today would be a day of revival, that we would see lives changed and souls saved as a result of, of the promise and the preaching of your word in many different places, in many different ways. And God, we give you the praise and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, right now what I want to do is I want you to grab your Bible. Uh, Maybe you are like me, you use the old-fashioned type of Bible that's actually a book. Or maybe uh, you're kind of the, the new group that uses phones or iPads, whatever that might look like and whatever that means for you. And I want you to open your Bible with me to the book of Jonah. Now, Jonah might be an unusual passage, an unusual uh, book. When you think about the context of what we're going through, it might be uh, in a situation where you might not think that that's the, the right passage or maybe the right place to jump into today. But man, I find incredible hope in this passage. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time today in Jonah chapter 1 and Jonah chapter 2. And if you're sitting there right now with your family, I encourage you to turn off your phones, except for if you've got the Bible app. Turn off your phones. uh, Turn off all the distractions. Don't answer the phones. Don't uh, watch television unless you're watching just a service, whatever it might be. And let's together dig into, grab a hold of the promise that we find in God's Word. Now today what we want to do is we want to talk about Jonah. Now, if there's ever been a person who has understood the the concept of isolation, it's Jonah. No one has ever been quarantined the same way that he was quarantined. 
you think in what we went through and what we faced and what we experience right now in this world and this culture and this climate that we're in, I'm telling you, Jonah had it 10 times worse. When you look in Jonah chapter 1, you kind of walk through what he went through. You know the story, right? In Jonah chapter 1, so God told Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach a message. I want you to bring them to repentance. And Jonah was afraid. He didn't want to go down to Nineveh and, or actually go up to Nineveh, about 500 miles northeast of where he was. He didn't want to go up there and, and, and preach that message, to share that message. And so what he decided to do and rather go to Nineveh, he went the exact opposite direction. He went down to the port in Joppa and he found the closest ship, the nearest ship that he could jump onto, a one that was heading off to Tarshish, which was 2,000 miles directly west of where he was. And so he jumped on that ship and decided, I'm going to head west. I'm going to get as far away from all this as I possibly can. He was running from God. Now, you know, when you run from God, it never turns out well. And so we read in the passage in Jonah chapter 1 that Jonah's in the boat. He's heading off according to, uh, to, to his plan. He's leaving, heading for Tarshish. And now he gets out in the ocean. And it says in this passage in verse 4 that God caused a great storm to come. And to, to turn the waves. And I mean, the kind of storm that everyone was afraid. The people who worked on that boat, who were out on the Mediterranean Sea all of the time, they'd seen storm after storm after storm. But this one was different. This one was one like they had never experienced before, never seen before. And they were scared. They were afraid. They got to the point where finally the captain of the ship walks down to where Jonah was, which, by the way, he was asleep. And he went down to Jonah and basically said, man, why are you sleeping? How can you sleep in a time like this? Get up and pray to your God. And we continue reading in that passage. They were trying to figure out what we're going to do because they thought that certain death was just around the corner. And then it came to the resignation of Jonah in verse 12, where he finally said, okay, fine, listen, throw me overboard. Uh, I know it's my fault. I caused all this. Throw me overboard. I will die. I will drown in the sea and you'll be fine and everything will be okay. And I'll be out of my pain and I'll be out of my misery. And so here's what they did. They threw him out of the boat. They threw him overboard. He's in the ocean. But now listen to what it says in Jonah chapter 1, verse 17. It says, Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Now you know this is the story of Jonah and the whale. Now, to be honest with you, we don't know if it was a whale or not. We don't know what it says. It simply says a, a big fish, a great fish. And so probably it was a whale. I mean, whales are obviously big enough to swallow humans uh, whole without chewing, up, um, chewing them up first. But regardless of what it was, this passage clearly says that God prepared a fish. He sent a fish to swallow Jonah and that Jonah was in that whale and that fish for three days and three nights. So tonight, today, what I want to do is talk to you about lessons from the belly of the whale. Lessons that we can learn, that, that Jonah learned, that we can use in the midst of our quarantine, in the midst of our isolation, in the midst of our fear, that will help us walk through this, not only getting through, but getting through in victory, and getting through with hope, getting through with joy in our hearts, knowing that God is still in control. Now, the one thing I know, some people use this story and think of this story and that's found in the book of Jonah as a story that may not be true. Maybe it's a, you know, just kind of an illustration and maybe it's just a, you know, kind of a novel where they're, they're writing about something that could have happened, but really didn't happen at all. And I don't believe that. I believe it happened exactly the way God's word says it. In fact, Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 12, he even referred back to the fact that Jonah 
was in the belly of that great fish for three days and three nights. And so if Jesus said it, I believe it with all my heart that this is an absolutely true story. And so, excuse me, in the context of that, let's see what we can learn. Now, R.T. Kendall said it best. I think all of us can grab a hold of this today. He said, the belly of a fish is not a happy place to live, but it's a great place to learn. Today, we're all in the midst of the belly of a fish. And it's a different fish. It's a different context. It's a different situation. But, oh, there's so many great things that we can learn today to bring us joy. So turn to Jonah chapter 2, and I want to read this passage after Jonah had been swallowed by that great fish, after he had been swallowed by the whale. Look what it says in Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 and following. It says, And Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish, and he said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me, and I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. And then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more to your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Sea reed wrapped itself around my head, and I I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death as my life was slipping away. I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. And then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. So what are some lessons from this passage that we can learn? Lessons from the belly of the whale. Lessons that we can take away from this season, this climate of fear that we're all living in today. Well, the first one's just simply this. Crying out to God is far more important than crying about our circumstances. Reaching out to God in the midst of the time that we're going through is so much more important than being lost in and and being captivated by all of the, the situations and the problems that seem to abound. You go back to this passage in verse 2, Jonah, it said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me. Man, what what a great promise. What a great hope that we have. That even when you are smack dab in the middle of a fish, in the middle of the the Mediterranean Sea, when there is no hope, when you think certainly that you are about to die, that you can cry out to God. And as Jonah reminds us here in his word, he answered me. Now, I don't know about you, but if I got swallowed by a great fish, if I got thrown out of a boat out in the ocean and a whale came along and decided to swallow me whole, uh, I promise you that when I got swallowed and I was sitting there in the belly of that fish, the first thing that would be running through my mind would probably not be prayer. I probably wouldn't be sitting there thinking about, well, I want to get down on my knees right here in the belly of this fish and begin to pray. Let's be honest, because we know that whale, all it does all day long is eat. And the stuff that it eats stinks. And so there's no question, there's no doubt that when Jonah got into that belly, all that he wanted to do was to get out of that belly. 
I can just see it visually. It's not in God's word, but I guarantee you this is exactly what Jonah did. He was probably kicking and hitting. He was probably smacking that fish in all sides of its belly. It probably was trying to, he was probably trying to gag that fish to get the, the fish to spit him out. I guarantee you he was doing everything that he possibly could to get out of that whale. And finally, when he realized that he wasn't getting out of that whale, you know what he did? He finally recognized, I need to do the only thing that will make a difference. And that's to go to God. Man, what a great lesson for us. Because let's be honest, today we're in a time where we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know how long we're going to be in the situation that we're facing. We've heard the story of days, we've heard of weeks, we've heard of months, and as we maybe, as you saw in the news just the other day, that the Imperial College in London said that this might be 18 months or more. We don't know how long we're going to be sitting in the midst of this crisis that we're in as a nation and as a world. But the one thing that I do know is this, no matter how long we are in it, our God is still the one that we need to run to. He is still the one that we need to get down on our knees and cry out to. Because crying out to God is far more important than crying about our circumstances. If we allow ourselves to get to the place where we allow fear and, and self-pity to begin to, to overcome us, then we will never find the help and the hope that we need. We have to recognize that in this time that if we focus on our surroundings rather than focusing on God, it will leave us empty and without hope. And then I want to also say to this, say this to you, is that no matter how isolated you may feel, God is never far away. He is always listening. He is always responding. And he is always acting. He's always doing what you desperately need. The Bible says very clearly that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. That means that today, if you're sitting in your home and you're afraid, you are fearful, you're scared of getting sick, you're scared of what tomorrow might hold, you're scared of the financial situation, the e economic climate in which we live, no matter what it is today that you are afraid of, that you are worried about, here's what I want you to know. Our God is ever present and our God is ever acting to bring us through in hope. So man, let that be your cry. Let that be the cry of your heart, crying out to God. Oh God, I cry to you today. And just as Jonah learned in the belly of that great fish, in that whale, here's what he learned. <laughs> in the midst of that situation, God heard him, God listened. The second lesson we see in this passage is this, focusing on his promises are far more important than focusing on our problems. Of recognizing what it says in verses 3 and 4. Jonah said, you threw me into the ocean depths and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and your stormy waves. And then I said, oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. And if you've got a pen sitting there in your home and you look in that passage in verse 4, I would underline the statement. Then I said, oh Lord. You know what that tells us? That tells us is that as Jonah was sinking down into the sea, he talks about it in verse 3, as he's getting deeper and deeper, probably gasping for breath, wondering, am I going to survive this? Probably resigning himself to the fact that he would soon die by drowning. The one thing that he did was not focus on the calamity that he was in. He remembered his God. Then I said, O oh Lord, 
Now, obviously, what took place in the midst of that situation is he was facing the, uh, the, the, the damage and the disaster that, that certainly he was walking through and, and experiencing that moment. He focused on the promises of God. That's why he prayed. He didn't pray because he thought that this was like my last rites, my last prayer. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to lie down and die. He prayed because he remembered the promises of God. So here's the question. What about you? Like today, like where you are right now, are you remembering the promises of God? Because as we spend time studying God's word, you know the one thing that we see? Thousands of promises that are found within his word. Thousands of promises that that continue to encourage us. Promises like this, nothing is too difficult for him. Promises like this, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Promises like this one, that our God will never walk away. Romans chapter 8, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Remember the promises of God in the midst of the problems of life. What a great lesson that we can learn. Jonah knew that trusting God in this moment was his only hope. And let me just make this very clear. It is our only hope as well. Another lesson we see in this passage. Worshiping our master is far more important than worrying about our mess. Worshiping the master in the midst of our crisis, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our problems and our sorrow and all the stuff that we're walking through. It is so much more important than worrying about the things that we're facing. Look what it says here in verses 5 through 7. Again, Jonah talking, I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But listen to this. But you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. What we see here in this passage is, man, he was worshiping God, that God saved him. Now, remember this prayer that Jonah's praying. He wasn't praying it on the beach. He wasn't praying it after he was spit out of that great fish. He was praying this prayer when he was still in the midst of the belly of the whale. He was still in the midst of his crisis. He was still in the midst of his his problem. And probably at this point, not sure whether he was going to come out at all. He probably thought, this is where I'm going to die in the belly of a whale. But yet listen to his words again. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, verse 7, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. He was worshiping God even in the midst of what seemed like his last moments. And in that we see a lesson that should drive everything that we do for the rest of our days. Now listen, I don't know how long we're going to be in this situation. I don't know how long we're going to live. I could walk out of this building today and get in my car and get in a car accident and I could be in heaven 30 minutes from now. We're not promised tomorrow. But here is what we must learn in the midst of this day and every day. Worshiping God every single moment is the only way that we are truly going to experience the joy that God intends and promises for all of us no matter what it looks like. And I don't mean just worshiping God on Sunday morning. 
I don't mean just worshiping when you walk into a room, a church like this one and many others around our community and around the world. No, I don't mean worshiping there. I mean worshiping at home. I mean worshiping at work. I mean worshiping driving down the road in your car, whatever that looks like, wherever you go, whatever that means. I mean worshiping is so much better than worrying because worrying will never give you hope. Worrying will never give you help. Worrying will never bring you out of the pain and the problem and the sorrows of today. Worship will. So just remember who God is. Remember what God has done. Because worship in the midst of our worst days is so much more meaningful even than worship in the midst of our best days. When life is at its worst, that's when the sweetest moments of worship can happen. So man, remember, don't worry. Don't sit there and wring your hands in fear and not sure what tomorrow might hold. Worship God anyway. And what he will do for you will bring you joy unspeakable. Now, the last thing I want to give you today, a lesson from the belly of the whale is this, is that our crisis is never greater than our God. Our crisis is never greater than our God. Listen to what it says in verse 9 of this passage. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. And I will fulfill all of my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Salvation doesn't come from the government. Salvation doesn't come from the doctors. As great a job as they all do. Salvation doesn't come from... Uh, finding help in economic situations. It doesn't come from Wall Street. It doesn't come from your paycheck. Salvation comes from the Lord alone. Look what it says in this passage. And I, I love this passage. In verse 10. And I want you to hear these statements. It says, Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Now this is the New Living Translation, the King James Version, the NIV, they translate uh, that word spit, not just spit. They actually translate it in a proper way where it says, and then the Lord uh, caused that fish to vomit Jonah out onto the beach. And I don't know about you, but being in the midst of the belly of a whale that now is about to vomit out and you're going to be smack dab in the middle of that vomit, that doesn't sound like a great place to be in. That doesn't sound like this is where I want to spend my vacation, right? But recognize what happened. God, in the midst of this prayer, when Jonah was in the belly of the whale thinking that this is my last day, I will soon die. And yet he worships and he cries out to God. He recognizes the promises that God has for him. He recognizes the hope that is found in God alone, the salvation that is found in the Lord alone. And here's what God did in response. And God delivered Jonah from the belly of the whale. What a powerful statement. Because what this reminds us of is this, is that there is no situation too dark. There is no challenge too deep. There is no problem too painful. There is no hurt that causes so much sorrow for which that our God is not greater. Great is our God, worthy to be praised. He is the one that will bring us out of the calamities that we face. He is the one that will bring us out of the crisis that we walk through. 
In Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27, it says this, I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? Today, you're sitting in your home, you're sitting in your kitchen, you're gathered together with family, or maybe you're riding down the road in your car all by yourself. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're living in fear. Maybe you're worried about what tomorrow holds. You're wondering what's going to happen with your job. You're wondering what's going to happen with your health. You're wondering what's going to happen in our country and in our world. And here's the thing that I don't know. I don't know the answers to any of those questions. But the one thing that I do know is this, is that no matter how difficult today might seem, our God is greater. No matter how tough this crisis might be, God is greater than our crisis. God is greater than our problems. God is greater than our pain. God is greater than our hurts. And our God will always do whatever is necessary to bring us through. So today, what are you going to trust in? Are you going to allow yourself to do what many in this world, unfortunately, are doing right now? To look at the crisis that's swirling around us and and be in fear. To look at the, the challenges that are going around in our country and in our world and think, man, I don't know what tomorrow holds and I have no hope and I'm afraid and I'm scared and I'm isolated and I'm alone. Are you going to focus on those things or are you going to focus on the fact that our salvation is from the Lord alone? And I pray, I pray that God gives you the clarity and the wisdom and the guidance to trust in him no matter what. Because God has already given us the victory. God has already given us the promise. God has already delivered the hope. And he did so 2,000 years ago when we were truly hopeless. When we truly had nothing to lean on, to depend on, Nothing to count on. When there was no tomorrow except for a real place called hell. Separation from God for eternity. And yet, as Romans chapter 5, 8 tells us, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Today, be of good cheer. Today, be full of hope. Today be full of joy because today our God has given his only son as a gift to you and as a gift to the world that by believing in him, there we will find our salvation because our salvation comes from the Lord alone. Would you pray with me? Father, today we thank you for the hope that we have in you. God, we live in uncertain times, but we also live with a certain God. We don't know what tomorrow holds, God, but we know that you've already won the battle. God, that you've given the victory through your son, Jesus. And so I pray today, I pray that you would bring clarity and wisdom and hope and guidance and love and peace and promise to every person who is hearing my voice right now. God, I pray that you would help them to recognize that our hope, our help, our future comes from you. God, I pray that if someone is watching, listening today, who doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, God, help us to be the moment right now where they recognize their desperate need for a Savior. 
And that today that they would cry out to you, oh God, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my sorrow, I know I need a savior. God, I know that I'm a sinner and I know I need a savior. And I believe that God, you are the one who gave your son Jesus to save me. And so today, God, forgive me of my sin. God, today, save me through your son, Jesus. I believe he's your son. I believe that he died and that he rose again for me. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My friend, today, trust God. Because no matter what tomorrow might hold, our God is an awesome God. And our God will always deliver, no matter what. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for joining us here today. You know, at Thomas Road Baptist Church, since our very beginning, back in 1956, we've been about one thing and one thing only. And that is to bring the message of hope that comes through Jesus Christ to the world. And today, my friends, we recognize we live in a world that's messed up. We live in a world that's full of division and conflict and pain and sorrow. But Jesus came to this world not to bring division and sorrow, but to bring joy, to bring peace, to bring hope. And today, that's the message that we want to share with you. And if you're watching this and you've never had the opportunity of of connecting with him at that level, of understanding what it is that Jesus came to do, then I encourage you and I want to let you know the greatest news you'll ever hear. And that's this, God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. In fact, he gave his only son, Jesus, to come to this earth to die on the cross, to pay for your sins and for my sins, to do for us what we never could do for ourselves. What an amazing gift that really is. God loves you. Christ died for you. But three days later, he rose again. And when he came out of that grave, he gives us victory over sin, over Satan, over the grave. He gives us the hope for eternity. But according to God's word, it's very clear. What we must do is believe. We must believe that Jesus is the son of God. We must believe that he died and that he rose again. And if we do that, according to Romans 10, 13, anyone, that means you, it means me, it means every person that has ever lived, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I encourage you today to recognize that hope that comes through Jesus. And if you've never trusted him as your Lord and Savior, do so today, believing that he is who he said he is, that he did what he said that he did, calling on his name, and it'll change everything. That is the message that we share. It's a message that we want to take to the entire world. And today I would encourage you to connect with us, maybe even financially through a gift that you can help us to take this message around the world. I encourage you today to stand with us as we stand with truth, as we stand with hope to let the world know God loves.